Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to episode 74 of Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, co-hosts Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your Your I Do Do Crew. I'm going to keep this intro short today because we've got a great episode, but it's a bit of a long one. We have a local vendor spotlight with Mike Beginski, owner of Decorative Sound DJs, based in Toledo, Ohio. He's been working in the wedding industry since the mid-1990s and has a tremendous amount of experience and amazing tips for our couples. Hearing Mike's history and how he got into the wedding industry was fascinating to us. But if you want to skip right ahead to get his best tips for couples looking for a DJ, you can skip ahead to the 28-minute mark and then come back to hear his background. So why don't you you tell us your name? My name is Michael Baginski. I own a disc jockey company with uh, 14 DJs, possibly 15. I have one that's Mm. going to be coming back here, moving from Florida. Um, I own and operate a company decorative sound mm-hmm. we're based out of northwest ohio maumee area mm-hmm. and uh, been in business now for gosh since 1994 but been able to do wow. this been able to do this full time since 2000 where i was able to quit my job as an ohio job developer mm-hmm. so yeah. so i love that you said, i love you said a disc jockey company because mm-hmm. do you guys actually use discs um you know we actually we actually do uh provide at the end of all our um Weddings, we do provide our, our couples with a wedding soundtrack. It's something we do give them. Yeah. So, I mean, you could really? say we we still do use disc, but it's more like as a, it's for something for them to, to hold yeah. on to. And it's something they're going to hold on to. And it's also like a permanent business card, let's say, mm-hmm. that they always keep inside their house. So, mm-hmm. it's a great way for them to remember us. And people still, still do have CD players, believe it or not, in their cars. <laughs> so, yeah. they yeah. do love to... Uh, pull them out from time to time, I think, and still listen to them. Yeah. That's cool. That's we awesome. have ours, I know. We still listen yeah. to ours. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So it's almost like the uh, mixtape for the modern day, right? Yeah. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we still have everything on a digital format that we mm-hmm. we have it when we're at our, our events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is primarily uh, digital nowadays. It's not... No, nobody's nobody's spinning discs and scratching records. Believe it or not, you'll you'll once in a while have a, a couple that does request um, to have possible a disc jockey that mm-hmm. you know might utilize you know using records. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. And I think they're just going for that more nostalgic feel. They're looking for mm-hmm. something that's different. I think it's more almost like a visual. Yeah. You know, that because if you close your eyes, you don't know what people are actually the format they're using. Mm-hmm. But I think when people see someone up there possibly with records, it just kind of brings them back to a time that they remember their parents might have brought them back mm-hmm. when they saw the records maybe around the house or just when you go out to a nightclub, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's kind of like, oh, you spin on vinyl. Yeah. You know. That's almost like a market distinction. In that yeah. Case. Like yeah. you're OG. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Awesome. Man, so 1994. 1994. I mean... I'm trying to imagine how much the trends have changed since then. I mean, back that was like the birth of CDs at that era. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can remember uh, my first CD burner, mm-hmm. actually buying CDs and then producing them. But to copy one was more than buying one in the store. My first mm-hmm. blank CDs were $20 a piece. Oh my, my first burner I ever bought was $1,600. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh but the thing is that to take and make your own compilations back then mm-hmm. was... Um, Great. And when I started becoming a multi-op, I had to do it to provide the music for my guys so they weren't mm-hmm. just bringing out 
books of you know 5,000 CDs <laughs> oh, yeah. when you might only be playing one song off of it. And mm. the digital age has made it definitely great for everybody in our industry. I mm. mean, um, now people can bring as much music to a gig as they want or they can just stream it. So yeah. you're right, things have changed incredibly. But I can tell you back then to be a DJ, cost a lot more money than it does now. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. So there's huge benefits now to uh, being in the industry, but at the same time, that's why I think more uh, disc jockeys are out there and more yeah. photographers mm. and anything that's digital. With having a digital format, it gives people the opportunity to become a part of an industry a lot quicker mm-hmm. and learn quicker. So if you take advantage of the digital age, you're gonna benefit. Yeah, yeah so there's a lot lower barrier to entry now than there used to be. For sure. But I imagine a lot of the soft skills haven't changed that much. You still got to be good in front of people. You still have mm-hmm. to have be able to read a crowd. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I find when I'm at a wedding. And on the, on the rare occasion I go to a reception, because, you know, I usually cut out right after they say I do. Um, <laughs> but on the rare occasion I go to a reception, you can really tell a, a, a good DJ from a mediocre DJ by the ability to read that crowd mm-hmm. and to to know what to play next. Obviously, you've got your your set list that the couple will give you. Yeah, you, you got your your must plays, your can plays, and then your don't plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like abiding by those three laws is is probably like rule number one, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, always just trying to figure out what your couples are all about. Mm-hmm. Making sure when it's all said and done, you could look them in the eyes and say that was a true representation of what they wanted, bringing their vision to life. And yeah. when I sit down with my couples, you know, of course, just like you said, we're going to have a love must playlist, but we're also going to have a hate do not playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go a little bit farther too, just finding out when they grew up, what were they listening to around the house? What were the parents bringing to the table when they introduced them to music? You know, and by asking the right questions and figuring out what they're all about, you know, when it is all said and done, you know, you want them to say, you know what, I'm so glad I didn't think that the DJ was going to ask maybe what my dad listened to. And yeah, we didn't dance to it, but when dinner was going on, Michael's company threw that song in and now mm-hmm. I got a bride or groom that's looking up at us with beaming eyes and dad's mm-hmm. looking up at him like with the thumbs up because it's a Johnny Cash song you couldn't dance to but now dad's smiling during dinner because his song got played. Yeah. Oh, dude, oh. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my heart. It's so good. That's so good. I, man, that's and that's a real deep dive. That's a real like peeling back the layers. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the whole industry as a whole. Is, I mean, it's that personal connection that you make with people. I mean, mm-hmm. Whether you're a disc jockey, a photographer, or a wedding officiant like yourself, it's when you can imply personal, um, just like personal stories, Mm -hmm. um, asking the right questions and finding out just what they're all about. Because there's going to be some people that love country. Mm -hmm. Then I get brides and grooms that say, do not play any country. Then you're going to get brides and grooms that, you know, want a nostalgic feel and they want a lot of classic stuff thrown into their wedding. Then you're going to have brides and grooms that say, you know what? I don't like that at all, and I want totally a modern-day club feel. So it's almost like being a chameleon, and I think that's the biggest key What, as a wedding professional is you have to be a chameleon. You have mm-hmm. to adapt um, to what people want. And when you sit back, you know, you have to lose kind of like your pride if you don't like something. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. if you can if you can always adapt, you're going to be successful with it. And the truth is so many different things that I was uh, – I wasn't honed on. I've actually loved to, I love to grow and I learn from my, my couples, you know, just by listening to them and, you know, asking them the right questions. And then all of a sudden they're introducing me to something I didn't even know was out there. And that yeah. goes for ethnic music a lot of times. Yeah. Um, different versions. That's the thing too with the internet is just so much music that's coming out now. People re- are redoing stuff classical style. They're doing it acoustic style. Mm-hmm. And um, 
for instance, I had a couple over this morning and I had a groom and he's like, well, I can't play any of my music. And I was like, why is that? He goes, well, I'm into 90s grunge. And I said, well, there's a lot of great acoustic versions yeah. of the artists yeah. that you grew up with. Yeah, man. And how about we throw some of them during dinner, mm-hmm. you know? And he's nudging his wife's going, yeah. see, he's going to get my music in for me. So <laughs> it's, so it, you know, if you, if you ask the right questions and you're willing to uh, think outside the box is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. you can kind of make any reality come true for the most part. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. First off, I love 90s grunge. So like, yeah, that, again, that speaks to me on a very fundamental level. Um, that's so cool. I did like that you said some couples want all country, some couples want no country. Yeah. So see, world, there are people in Ohio that don't like country music. So it's not just all that, but that's awesome, man. So so back in the 90s, so what was it that, that first inspired you to get into this? I know you said that you had a job before getting into this field. So yeah. What led you to get into so, the wedding industry? My story starts um, back in high school. I was actually in a band. Okay. I had a cover band back in high school, and uh, we did pretty well. Like mm-hmm. They always had us come play at dances, pep assemblies, even had a principal that would get up and sing Knocking on Heaven's Door and get just like Guns N' Roses. He would have the, the crowd scream back to us, nice. you know, mm-hmm. the chorus and stuff. So... Um, he gave me the opportunity. He said, you know, we love your band and stuff. He goes, the kids would actually love for your band to come and play a dance. Mm-hmm. And it was the first dance we did my junior year that in between the breaks of my band, I threw in some mixtapes that I put together, actual mixtapes mixing with mm-hmm. a realistic Radio Shack mixer Yeah, with, yeah. with two tape players and a CD player mm-hmm. and oh making my own mixtapes. And in between the breaks... The kids were dancing and having fun, just like they were having fun to our band. And then what ended up happening is our student council um, counselor, this lady that was in charge of student counselor, one of our teachers said, you know what? The kids love all the music that you do with your band, but we have the prom coming up and the kids would rather have you DJ the prom mm-hmm. instead of the guy that they were hiring. Yeah. So I was hip and prone to what was going on at the time. And of course, I took a stab at it and kind of the rest was history from that point on. Um, Going into my senior year, my teacher's like, you know what? We want you to do all the dances. So I did the two homecomings in the prom that year. Oh, my gosh. Then I went off to awesome. UT and uh, the University of Toledo, and I was still here in town. And they're like, do you want to come back and do the dances? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool. They're like, well, at that time when I was in high school, um, when I did the dances, I didn't even think about getting paid. I was like, I'll just make these tapes. This is going to be cool. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, what do you want to get paid? And I said, I don't know. I just enjoy yeah. doing it so right. much. You know, I thought they were going to compensate me, but it was something they, she goes, well, why don't we give you $2 a head? Mm. So my first dance making over $600 coming back and being in college, <laughs> awesome. I was like, you know, I can make money at doing this and I love doing it. Yeah. So it, it, that's what it led to. It led to me um, taking a little bit more professional. Of course, my parents saw that I was making money at it. They're like, you know what? You're going to college. This, this is this is a hobby, but man, if you can go and do this and make money and do something mm-hmm. you love, you know. Yeah. So that's when I started studying, mm-hmm. and uh, there was another disc jockey company in town that I'd contacted, and uh, I went under I went under his right wing, and I became his right hand man within like six months of working at him. I was 19 years old, a freshman in college, mm-hmm. and before you know it, he was actually having me put together like mixes for him and. Mm-hmm. I found out that I really loved it. I started having a passion for it. Um, the reception, just when you're a part of someone's biggest day, yeah. 
even being the youngest one sometimes in the audience as far as <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes at some of these weddings when it was an adult only reception yeah. yeah and then just have people coming up and you know people just showing their gratitude because you're doing a great job that's what made me fall in love with the job and that's why i'm still in love with this job when i wake up every day um after working some nine to five jobs mm-hmm. too before i became a full-time professional with this that's what makes me feel blessed to be a part of the industry and mm-hmm. it started back then so the next step was um, after college, I became an Ohio job developer and was doing really well with that. But by 2000, just six years out of high school or four years out of high school um, is when I, I knew I could do this full time. Mm-hmm. And I had a few friends, actually one of them that still works to me this day. Wow. Um, he started wanting to do it too. In fact, his dad was a photographer in the industry and was doing well. But he did some DJing on the side, and I took him under my wing, and we started doing wedding shows, and mm-hmm. it just started it started taking off. And before you know it, I had a few other guys working for me, and then in 2000, um, I think I had like close to 100 weddings booked that year. Wow, man! And had four awesome. and had four guys working for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. My parents were handing out my cards all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Good parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and. At that time, too, is when um, the internet was just starting to really, really take yeah. off. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was I took advantage of that right away and had my first website. And before you know it, the phone was ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. And um, I started, you know, networking. And mm-hmm. that's right. And now I'm here today, you know, and things are good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a good ride Sorry. so far. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, wow. For uh, to have a hundred weddings, uh, that you know, when you that you decide to go full time, yeah. First off, makes you realize you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And second off, man, I love I love how you're talking about how how fulfilling it is, and mm-hmm. you know, this the wedding industry is a very heart led industry, mm-hmm. and you got to have that that love in your heart. Oh yeah, you, know, you do. You yeah. do. Otherwise, it's just blah. Mm-hmm. You know. Otherwise, there there's so much. You know, because there's a lot of work that goes into something like that. You know, there's a lot of you're you're there hauling you know your equipment in, your equipment out, and putting all these things together. And like we talked about, you know, meeting with couples repeatedly to to find out about what's interesting to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're just doing it for a paycheck, that's got to be terrible. Yeah. So I mean, you have to be engaged in that way. One hundred percent. I mean, it's you know, you know, there's things that just growing up, my dad's my dad always pointed out to me. He's like, you know, there's the most important thing that you're ever going to have is raising a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, raising your children. You know, getting behind the wheel of a car. But then when he saw my business taken off, he goes, you know, one of those things also is making sure that on someone's wedding day, you know, you look at it the same way. Mm-hmm. And I, I always took those words to heart as just, you know, you only get this chance once, mm-hmm. some yeah. people twice, yeah, some people yeah. three times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for the most part, yeah, yeah. once, yeah. But with that being said, you know, it's um, it's asking the right questions and really valuing someone's heart because mm-hmm. I even catch myself asking my couples, you know, the last thing I want to do is play a song that was your parents' wedding song if they're divorced. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. People don't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But if they are married, we can flip it and play their actual wedding song that mm-hmm. would bring back a great memory for mom and dad mm-hmm. when they got married on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. And then same thing too, you know, I recently lost my aunt and uh, at her funeral, they played Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World mm-hmm. was the last song they played. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's... For some people, that would be a celebration, but on someone's wedding day, you don't want to play a song also that possibly reminds you of a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. way as 
two of an old boyfriend or girlfriend on someone's yeah. wedding day, you don't want to be playing. <laughs> Or if you were recently married yeah. or married once before, I mean, you don't yeah. want to be playing someone's wedding song from their previous, you know, marriage. Oh yeah, that, that'd be bad. Yeah. So that ties in. So that ties in that that hate do not playlist, but the love must playlist. You know, we extend so much on that as much too. Grandparents, brothers or sisters that might have been married. Um, finding out about the most important people's the most important people they're going to be celebrating with our brides and grooms that day we want to find out maybe what song would bring a smile to their face because when it's all said and done the reflection that the bride and groom are going to have with their parents their brothers their sisters their grandparents and the guests that are special to them we want you know we want to make that connection with the music and if we can do that it's always going to be that memory that they shared on their day with their guests where a certain song was played that made those those people most importantly happy Mm -hmm. that's just awesome sorry i'm like like in awe of you know and again that was maybe a misconception that i had about the the dj business is that i you know assume it's like oh you're gonna play some top 40 you're gonna play some oldies you're gonna play some you know buble during dinner and yeah and so on and so forth there's no doubt i mean you can you can be standard and you can be generic with it I just try to always go one step further, even with a couple that comes over and just says, you know, we trust you, we trust you, we trust you. I'm glad mm-hmm. they trust me, but at the same time, I want to bring out of them some colors. Yeah. yeah. I want to I want to find out about them as much as possible so we can tie stuff in that they weren't thinking about. Mm-hmm. And then when it's all said and done, that's why they're going to recommend you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. That, that wow factor. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the so best cool. way to put it. I like the wow factor. Yeah. That's what you want to bring to the table with your... Mm-hmm. With a wedding day. Yeah. yeah. That's superb. No, I know I know exactly what you mean. I'll have couples that come to me and I'll say, what type of a ceremony do you want? They'll say, standard. I'm like, what is that? Define that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you, what right. do you mean by standard? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the usual. Like, don't tell me the usual. I know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you got to try and draw out what's unique, what's, you know, the background. So that's yeah. awesome. That's mm-hmm. your that's your your standard operating procedure yep. is to, to find that and to do that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So... So do you do you find that when couples go in to meet with you to plan the music, do you find that they have any sort of maybe misconceptions or some ideas that aren't quite um, fully fleshed out? Um, it, it, I think they have misconceptions when they come in, but as I go through kind of like the timeline, I go through the music with them and I go through just like asking them questions, most importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I'm bringing out... I don't know. I'm bringing out some uh, things in them that they didn't think about, and then they they start they start relaxing more, and they start feeling better mm-hmm. because they'll come in and they'll be like, they almost feel like it's a homework assignment at times yeah. because I provide <laughs> like I provide data sheets that I've designed yeah. for my couples, and these data sheets what they do is they give they give the couples the, the opportunity to go home and if you want to call it homework, let's call it homework. But what it is, it's bringing bringing out what, the reflection of what they want their vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people are going to want to do a garter bouquet toss. Some people aren't. Some mm-hmm. people are going to want to do an anniversary dance, finding out which cute little old couple has been married the longest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some brides and grooms aren't going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. So instead of them just saying, I trust you, go with it. When I start asking them questions and they we go through the data sheets together, that's when um, things do become more personalized, too, because sometimes they won't have everything filled out. Right. But my, you know, I'll ask them, for instance, if we're doing an anniversary dance, do you happen to know which couple will be the last one out there? And they'll be like, oh, it's going to be my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Which side of grandparents? Oh, the bride's grandparents. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Do you remember ever when you're around, around them, them playing any music? Do you remember any records? Do you remember any CDs? Do you remember just your parents ever talking about them? Or is there just any music that you'd know? And then by just mm-hmm. asking the right mm-hmm. questions, all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's when they imply, you know, they're, what what that person wanted. And mm-hmm. um, I do make suggestions, of course, all the time. But sure. if, if I can get something mm-hmm. out of them that they already liked and we can put it into the wedding, kind of like the grunge music, yeah. going back to that, you know, making saying, hey, you're, we're not going to be blasting a Nirvana song <laughs> during dinner, but we can do an acoustic version <laughs> yeah. of something yeah. by a group. And that way we can get your music in for you. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's just myself is always asking the right questions. I think people always at the end, they leave and they realize by me asking the right questions that now their vision's coming more to life. And most importantly, yeah. their personal taste is being implied to one of the biggest nights of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you think that that's a, that is a, um, a trend? Because when I think back to weddings that I went to when I was a kid, you know, in the, in the 90s, uh, when I think back to, you know, dancing at wedding receptions when I was like 14, 15, it was pretty much all whatever the song of the day was. Now, do you think that that's been a trend is for the for the, the DJs over the last 25 years, or yeah, 25 years that you've DJed, do you think a trend has been to get more personal and to, to make it really more customized to the couple? Or do you think that's been there forever? I think that goes across the board with mm-hmm. everybody in our industry. Any wedding professional now, I think a lot of them are doing what I'm doing, at least the ones that I network with. Mm-hmm. And um, Keep I, company. I think it's, it's, it's really important to definitely personalize every wedding as much as possible mm-hmm. because um you know you're going to imply um your your ideas to them when they do ask but i want to naturally know what they're thinking mm-hmm. yeah if i can naturally know what they're thinking then i can apply a lot more i can be more suggestive mm-hmm. and um i mean that's across the board with everything i mean little details finding out too with attire like what their colors are i always mm-hmm. like to make sure that our guys can like match with like you know, whatever that. the ties and the pocket squares, whatever the bridesmaid's dress colors are, maybe mm-hmm. the groom's vest colors. Yeah. Um, even little things we love to do too that, you know, other DJs have even said, I like that touch. And, you know, this is for anybody even listening. I mean, if you're a disc jockey out there, find out what their first drink might be. So when they yeah. walk right through the doors, congratulate them and mm-hmm. give them their first drink from the bar. Everybody else was already enjoying cocktails. Why shouldn't oh. the bride and groom on their big day? You know, so it's yep. it's the it's the it's the little touches mm-hmm. and finding out about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and myself, um, you know, other people say sometimes they've came up to me like, Will you guys do this and do that and do that? And and I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, Do you ever like worry about other DJs taking that from you? I'm like, not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. Because I think on someone's wedding day, um, if I've learned we're all sponges. I've learned from other people. I yeah. mean, I've implied some of my own ideas and created some of our our own science, we'll say, mm-hmm. to uh, giving someone the best day of their life, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a thing is, is um, I am willing to always share, you know, mm-hmm. secrets or if you want to call them secrets, I guess it's not even a secret. It's just implying something that's going to put a bigger smile on a bride and groom's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's the, I, I usually ask um professionals what their special sauce is but that's it just to to try and think of every way that you can make it more unique and special for them and i love mm-hmm. the fact that you're you're happy to share your recipe because yeah. you know the right yeah. tide lifts all ships mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean right definitely love sharing because that's how i learned too is i mean mm-hmm. i've you know just when you go to like yourselves when you go to bigger uh conferences and stuff mm-hmm. those people are in the room to uh, tell you what they've learned, what they've learned, what yeah. what's worked, what's not worked, and that's how I've always been. Because because like we talked about earlier, you know we can't do every single wedding, right. but uh, yeah. at the end of the day, it's nice to know that if you can share something with someone that enhances something like a wedding day, mm-hmm. 
you know, you should definitely share it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. So you, you said you can't do every single wedding. Yeah. You try to do a lot of weddings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so about so you said your team is 15? Right now, I have 14, 15 with a guy coming back, hopefully by August. Right okay. now, it's looking with like everything that's shaping up from in Florida yeah. coming back here. Okay. So so with a group, so we'll assume 15. So with a group that size, how many weddings do you get? If you're comfortable sharing, yeah. how many weddings a year do you guys do? I mean, since 2004, I've averaged over 300 weddings a year. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. And yeah. now how many do you personally do? The most I have ever done in a year was 82. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> okay. I had like, 2014 yeah. was 82 weddings. Wow. All right, man. I thought, I thought like last year I did 62 myself and I thought I was like, that was, that was, but 80, how do you, how do you, how do you make that work? Um, you know, just Friday, Saturdays and Sundays, just commit yourself as a weekend warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh. You know, if someone asks for me to do their wedding, mm-hmm. unless it's something that I already have planned, which I've done a better j- job of, uh, you know, giving myself some free Fridays and Sundays a lot, but almost every yeah. single Saturday I'm out there, mm-hmm. you know, working and stuff. And I've been real fortunate too to have guys, like my average guy's been with me eight plus years. That's yeah. great. So um, you take care of your guys, they're going to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is my guys, um, they have the same passion I do. That's the Mm -hmm. key is when I hire anybody or someone wants to work for me or someone that's even going through maybe a rough time in their life is to, um, be there because on someone's wedding day, as you know, you got to put your game face on no matter what, unless you're on your deathbed is my rule of thumb. You better be there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, be excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you need to contribute to the energy of their day, not take oh, yeah. away from yeah. the energy oh, of yeah. their day. Yeah. And the and I think the biggest thing is too is because the industry was very very standard when I got into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you had disc jockeys that would show up and play. You know, pretty much almost the same exact mm-hmm. songs. I felt even yeah. myself when I first started. I mean, there was a set of music that you could buy that was like the popular standard mm-hmm. set and everybody was buying that in the industry and yeah. uh, now it's with access to the internet oh man mm-hmm. you know sky's the limit and that's yeah. great i mean it just gives us a lot more tools and mm-hmm. if you take advantage of it yeah if you take advantage of it it benefits most importantly your brides and grooms yeah. mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah there the the technolo- technological advancements that have happened since then are incredible with, you know i mean if you you guys have spotify on their on their thing that literally any song yeah. that's ex- actually what we use all my guys have spotify yeah. accounts yeah. yeah. cuz why wouldn't you yeah it's you can have everything yeah, yeah. Why, why reinvent the wheel when there's like limitless at, at your fingertips no yeah. obviously you're going to have you know, a lot of people are going to use, you know, vitamin string quartet and, you know, things like that because a lot of couples like that. There are still yeah. probably some some standards that a lot of couples like just because they heard it, they saw it on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you're, you know, you get to know the couples and you want to draw them out, but I'm sure that, you know, if they say, we want Canon and D by... You know, Paco Bell. Oh, yeah. I think I probably have about 40 different versions of Canon and D, the oh, most yeah, popular yeah. processional song mm-hmm. for bridesmaids to walk down the aisle to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've definitely taken advantage of the digital age. And I think mm-hmm. anyone that's in our industry, if you do, it's going to benefit you yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like that's the highway or no way pretty much these days if you want to be successful in what we do. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine a DJ showing up to a wedding with a CD book. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Be a little terrified. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing, man? Yeah. What, do you, what do you have there? So what do you what should couples be looking for when they're looking to book a DJ? What should what should be their one of their big like, you know, signposts in the road when they're looking at different DJs to look for? When you're looking for a disc jockey, the most important thing is, I would say, is make sure the disc jockey is willing to meet with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should meet that person. You know, you don't have to, but I think meeting someone, sitting down with them, being familiar, very familiar with their style and just even how they carry themselves. I mean, that's that's huge because when you show up, you you want to be you want you want to know what you're getting. Yeah, and uh, so. I offer my all my couples the opportunity to meet with me. If they, you know, want me to send them a contract because they're familiar and they've seen us out in action before, of course I'm happy to send them, you know, a contract and data sheets and explain how the whole process will work. But that's where I start. Is I, you know, I want to invite them over. I want to sit down with them, um, and I want to I want to ask them questions. I want to get their wheels turned in their head to realize we're going to personalize this day for them as much as possible, mm-hmm. and. So that I would say that's the thing is make sure first off a disc jockey is willing to meet with you. Mm-hmm. Um, second off is ask them how flexible they are because they should be flexible on everything no matter what. It's not our day; it's their day. Right. You know we're here to imply. You know I think ideas and give them suggestions, but uh, being flexible is huge. Um, I think when you're looking for a disc jockey, make sure that they have a backup system. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I would hope that they all use professional grade um, equipment and yeah. before it goes out, it's all tested. Yeah. But make sure that the equipment's tested. Make sure that um, they have backup equipment in case something does go wrong. Knock on wood, it wouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, but if it yeah. um, some other things when you're you know, you're interviewing a disc jockey that you should look for is, you know, not only having backup equipment, but what, you know, what if you do get sick? What if you get in a car accident Mm -hmm. on the way there? Do you have backup guys? Right. Mm -hmm. Just important. It gives people a peace of mind. And I, I guess that's the most important thing that I always try to give people is a peace of mind. I mean, you're selling a service, but leading up to the wedding, having a peace of mind, knowing that when you need a suggestion or you want to make a change, Mm -hmm. You got someone that's going to be on the other end of the line, being able to answer questions and make those suggestions or make those changes when they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things to look for, you know, just asking a tire. I hear from yeah. other couples where they <laughs> oh show up to gosh. weddings and, you know, they didn't know the DJ was going to show up in the attire that they thought mm-hmm. was going to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are DJs that will wear dress pants and a polo shirt, maybe for a corporate event that's great. But most brides and grooms, I think, would prefer a disc jockey and a suit and tie. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, other things to ask would be, you know, how do you take, do you take requests or not? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because just leaving that open, what if you got an uncle that comes up and he wants to hear some Ted Nugent when the dance floor is packed? Yeah. <laughs> Ted Nugent's great. I love Ted Nugent. But at a wedding when a dance floor is packed. Right. It's maybe better to tell them, you know, we got a packed dance floor, sir, and unfortunately tonight, because everybody's dancing, I don't think we're going to be throwing that in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's handling, even handling that, that's a, that's a whole other topic. I mean, when you have someone that comes up and makes a request, knowing how to um, handle those people, honoring great requests that you would 
naturally throw in if it was a good request to keep the dance floor going. But if you do have someone that comes up and asks for something, you don't want to offend them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's another thing is too, is I hear stories where DJs like blow people off and mm-hmm. can offend guests that you got to know how to handle them to make them right. feel that you weren't blowing them off or yeah. making them feel like, why are you asking for that? Right. And that's the same way too, even for your couples. I mean, I have couples that'll, you know, they'll make some suggestions and sometimes I even have to like say, well, I think that's really good, but what else, you know, I'll throw some different things out. Like if they pick something out that it doesn't happen much, but once in a while they'll throw something out that uh, might not be the most appropriate song, maybe for like the garter removal. Once in a while you have a groom that will request something. And I think he's just trying to maybe make his friend smile a little bit. We'll yeah. say out there yeah. and you know, you got to say, well, it's a good song if you really want it. And what's great, um, all disc jockeys should have radio edited versions of music. Oh, yeah. You know, you yeah. don't want to be playing anything that's going to have your grandma swinging her purse at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think radio edited versions, that's a great question too, is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're interviewing a DJ, always try to make sure that the music is radio edited, unless for some reason you don't want the edited versions. But right. I mean, we always stick with the radio edited versions of songs because we're representing ourselves every time out there. We right. got a potential bride and groom that are going to be in the audience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we don't want to play something where they're looking at us now and say, you know what, it was a great song, but I can't believe that song just dropped the F-bomb. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, some other things that you might want to look uh, look into is just asking the disc jockey what their time limit is. Mm-hmm. Do they have a time limit? You know, And if they do have a time limit, maybe ask them, now, does your time include setup and teardown? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Does it include travel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so lighting's another thing. Some DJs charge extra for lighting, some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, a hot trend over the last five years has been uplighting too. If you're offering uplighting, it's an upcharge. You know, I would mm-hmm. say that um, disc jockeys out there should definitely share that with their brides and grooms, so a bride doesn't show up to her wedding and expect uplighting now because you said you had lighting. Right. You know, and ex- talk about your lighting because. Uh, I'll have a bride and groom, brides and grooms that'll come over sometimes and they'll be like, yeah, we went to this wedding and we didn't know the disc jockey had strobe lights, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want your wedding looking like the back of Spencer gifts at your wedding. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, or yeah. I was at a wedding show over the weekend and there was a guy that was actually in the middle of the wedding show, had fog going on. And I had one of my brides and her mom walk up and said, you don't bring fog. And I said, well, actually, we don't unless the brides and grooms request it. And I can't tell you the last time we did. I think it was for a high school dance. And that's the answer yeah. I knew they were looking for. So, right. yeah. Um, but there's some DJs that will bring fog. You know, you don't want your grandma waving smog out, fog out of her face yeah. at, a, at a wedding either. Right. So, and there's no, things. It's you know, yeah. a photographer's nightmare, too. It's that's a huge thing, too, that yeah. Lindsay just mentioned. It's awful. Yeah. Photographers. I mean, one thing that I would say to anyone that's out there is that, um, when you are hiring a disc jockey um, and you're getting ready to do formal dances, um, I personally think that when you have colored lights mm-hmm. on a bride and groom, I don't think it's great for a first dance. No. Right. Not at all. Right. You know, the uh, photographers have the right lenses and the right lighting mm-hmm. to capture that moment the way it should be. Yes. And it's unfortunate that I hear horror stories yeah. where the DJ, like right after the cake cutting, He's turning on his lights. And then now all of a sudden the bride and groom didn't realize when they get their pictures back, it's too late now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the disc jockey decided to throw some colored lights on. So our rule of thumb with my my company is once the first dance song kicks into full gear, that's when the lights are going to kick into full gear too. Mm-hmm. So we bring the lights on and we use lights that go to the beat of the music. 
Um, some DJs, that's another thing is too, is you want to make sure that the DJ's lights is something that you feel is adequate and is, it hits your mm -hmm. style. It's, it's your preference with right. what you want for your wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, you had so much amazing information and so much uh, just cool. I love your philosophy on everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you want to add to the conversation that, that we haven't asked you? I mean, is there anything that... Just, you know, if, if I could just kind of like talk about, you know, maybe like the ceremony is something. Mm -hmm. yeah. More brides yeah. and grooms now are utilizing DJs for their ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, with us speaking about the digital age today, you know, just some things for brides and grooms that are out there. If you haven't, if you haven't thought about it and other disc jockeys that might be listening to this podcast is that... You know, before a ceremony starts, you know, go up and announce to the guests that, you know, the bride and groom have, they've hired a professional photographer to capture this special mm -hmm. moment. Yes. You know, I know yourself as a wedding officiant, I've worked mm -hmm. with you and stuff. You make that yep. announcement too yep. for people to, you know, take a break from your cell phones. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and please turn off the volume on your cell phones. Oh, geez, yeah. And most importantly, please don't hold up any cell phones throughout the course of today's right. ceremony. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when the bride and groom that have spent all this money on this big day, and especially with their photographer too, mm -hmm. when they get their pictures back, you don't have your uncle holding up his cell phone or your aunt or your friends because it is the domino effect. If one person feels that the other person's doing it, everybody else goes up. It's like at a concert, you know, we don't hold up lighters anymore. We hold up the lights on our cell phones. You know what I mean? You look at a concert and everybody's filming what's going on. So that's one, that's a huge pet peeve of mine is to always ask for guests to turn off their cell phones and not hold up any cell phones or tablets mm -hmm. when the bride's walking down the aisle. I mean, I've even seen, unfortunately, where someone will follow right behind the bride no. with a tablet. Yep. Oh. Have you ever seen that one, Lindsay? Yes. And it's, it's a nightmare. Are you kidding me? It's, no. They, it's like they think that because they're a family, you know, they're an aunt or somebody that, you know, that allows them to do that. And it's terrifying it's terrifying for the most part for me they move thankfully yeah yeah you know on the flip side of that if you are looking to have someone videotape your wedding you know think about that and you know if you're not going to hire a professional off to the side just have a camera that's ready to go so yeah. by right. you know yeah. instead of like saying we don't want that but they do want it captured but they don't mm -hmm. want to hire a professional photographer mm -hmm. definitely if you have someone that can capture the day off to the side the right way where it doesn't yeah. interfere with the pictures yeah i think people definitely should take advantage of asking the right way to a friend or family member to capture it without interfering with the pictures mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and that's you know? the key is that it's somebody who's been who's been appointed ahead of time not you know cousin jimmy who uh, just thinks he's a yeah. instagram influencer oh yeah phone yeah. you know gotta try it out yeah yeah. Oh. yeah i mean i've had some interesting thing that i've seen in in that vein a few couples this past year have had somebody facebook live stream the wedding oh using their phone gosh. But again, appointed ahead of time, off to the side, not interfering. Yes. And they had their phone on like a little That's tripod. Cool. And it was just kind of in the front row, off to the side, so it got a good angle. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, if I cannot believe following the bride down the aisle with the tablet, oh, yeah. that's bonkers oh, yeah. to me. That's absurd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's a good one. Um, you know, also some things that I hear quite a bit that brides and grooms should always do with their disc jockey is make sure... The disc jockey knows how to pronounce everybody's last name. Yeah, <laughs> and, and first name. Yeah, first names too. Last names <laughs> yeah. and first names. So you know, 
ask them, you know, are they going to phonetically go over those names so they pronounce mm-hmm. and actually have the guy repeat it back. Right. Because even sometimes we'll have brides and grooms that pronounce the last name or the first name even incorrectly. Oh, no. So that's another thing, too. When you're lining up the wedding party, mm-hmm. say their name back to them. Yeah. When you're lining them up, just don't say we're ready to go. Right. Go over those names because I've even had brides and grooms that pr- they'll even, they don't even know how. Sure. Yeah pronounce the, their names correctly sometimes yeah. so i think that's a huge pet peeve is just to make sure that all the names are correctly pronounced and how you mm-hmm. do that is maybe just phonetically going over them i always have a rule 24 font phonetic mm-hmm. yeah typed out ready to go double spaced yeah. and that seems to my djs love it too yeah um some other things to go over i would say um dinner music is a huge one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dinner music i mean the standard I can't imagine back in the day even any brides and grooms liked the instrumental elevator music, but <laughs> I still hear that all the time. Really? That that you know people are going to weddings and mm-hmm. they're listening to music that would remind them of elevator music during dinner. Yeah. Now myself, I'm a huge Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, mm-hmm. Dean Martin fan. Yeah. I love the classic crooner, but there's some brides and grooms. They don't like it. So yeah. you do want to ask the brides and grooms what they want to hear during dinner. And there's so many great alternatives like the Vitamin String Quartet that you mentioned earlier, acoustic covers, Spotify. Yeah. And the internet gives you op, you know, yeah. gives you the gives you access to so many great acoustic yeah. renditions of songs mm-hmm. that you can throw in during dinner. So yeah. dinner music's huge, even cocktail music. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that too is it really sets the tone for your wedding. It's yeah. actually not only the bride and groom's first impression of their disc jockey mm-hmm. the day of their wedding, but it's the guest. Yeah. Yeah. So when the guests are installing faith in their disc jockey before you even kick off with the dancing, that's huge because if you got the guests in the palm of your hand, they're gonna wanna dance for you more. They're gonna wanna have a good time more. They're gonna have faith that, hey, they got this guy that knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, oh man, that's key. That's a that's a really great thought because, and again, I was, you know, me, I was thinking limiting my brain to just the dancing, just the reception, but you're right, it starts so much earlier than that. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, as an officiant, I, I love a, disc jockey who is who's at the ceremony who's willing to work with me who we go over the cues as far as when they're going to start the recessional music because man i'll tell you twice i've gotten a dj who will who will start the recessional early we've still got you know either oh yeah maybe a sand ceremony to go or maybe they haven't you know they're coming up from their kiss but they wanted me to direct people how to exit yeah what a great point i always ask them what's the very last word Mm -hmm. you're going to say and nine out of ten times even more than that probably 98 percent of the time it's when you say the groom's last name, when you introduce them for the first time as husband yeah. and wife. Of course, if the bride and groom, or if the bride takes mm-hmm. the groom's last right. name, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, no, that's huge. That's a great point because yeah, I hear that too. Where you know the disc jockeys are starting the music a little bit early, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, oops, you know, yeah. you don't yeah. want oopses. Not, not <laughs> done. No. Yeah. Another thing to add, you know, for the ceremony again, just because that's my wheelhouse. Um, what type of microphone there will be because sometimes there will be a lapel mic sometimes it'll be a handheld yes be over the ear and if the couple's doing their own vows obviously you want to have a handheld to yes go back and forth but uh, that's always a great question yeah. um because a lot of that yeah i mean if you're just miking up the wedding officiant mm-hmm. and now it's time for the bride and groom to say their vows you don't want a wedding officiant that's <laughs> trying to take it yeah. take off yeah. you know what i mean yeah so i mean or just lean in. Yes. <laughs> I always recommend, I recommend two things. I like a handheld mic so the wedding officiant can control it. He can hear himself too, crystal yep. clear. Yep. Um, and then you can put it out in front of the most two important people that are there, yes. the bride and groom. Yes. Now, if I have a wedding officiant that doesn't want to hold one, 
We'll put it on a stand, but we like to have the stand kind of off to the side, right? So it's not front and center, right? In the and then it's all in the pictures. Yeah. Um, a thing is too to always ask too is if you have readers, mm-hmm. if you have that handheld mic and they don't have an option of having two. We like mm-hmm. to always have two two mics, but if a disc jockey is only going to provide one, mm-hmm. you know that way the readers can go right up to the mic and do a mic check with the people. These people don't use microphones on a regular mm-hmm. basis, especially like readers in the family. Oh yeah. You know, and they can be emotional that day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So you don't want an aunt that's doesn't know she's never used a microphone before and she she steps up to the mic and she's mm-hmm. three feet off of it and now the right. DJ's trying to crank it up and <laughs> yeah. then you don't want all yeah. some, something going through the speaker, some trouble sound or like yeah. some kind of squeaks or anything. So educating people and that even goes for two when someone's doing a toast. Mm-hmm. Bridesmaids and maids of honor groomsmen and best men when they deliver toast they don't use a mic too so we always mm-hmm. education's even huge with that with your equipment yeah. i would say that's a great point you just brought up is when it's time for a toast whoever's going to be using the mic just remind them to hold it close to their mouth mm-hmm. you know yeah i see i see so many times they'll they'll take the hold microphone and they'll hold it their yep. belly button you're yep. like yeah it's not doing anything for anybody yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah edu- educating people whoever's using your microphone so people can hear it great point awesome yep mm-hmm. cool other things that people should look out for, um, you know, I would say, you know, educating your brides and grooms big time on the beginning of the night with dancing is huge. Um, if you get a bride and groom that does want a little bit more of a modern feel, it is their wedding. So, of course, we do want to make sure that we don't stick to like a standard mix at the beginning of the night or a lot of standards that they would feel there are too old for them or not hip enough, let's say. Yeah. So... I think it's it's really important to express to them that your friends are definitely going to get the chance to dance. Mm-hmm. Your parents are going to be out there too. So maybe in the beginning of the night, if there's a way that you can imply your um, your knowledge to them, you got to do it the right way so you don't feel like you're telling them what to do. But I think it is very important to try to keep the older guest mm-hmm. around as long as possible so they can reflect on the night. Because I hear a lot of times from brides and grooms, and especially the parents, well, we went to this wedding and the disc jockey turned it into a nightclub a little too early. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the bride and groom want that nightclub feel, great. We'll give it to them. But if we do feel we can make sure that the older guests get the chance to stick around, and usually those are the people that bring them the best gifts, been looking forward to this day yeah. Yeah. more frequent. I guess there's a way to come across as a professional and let them know, hey, we want to make sure that we do keep the older guests involved and make make sure that they do want to feel welcome and stick around because you know sometimes the older guests when they hear um even something like bruno mars mm-hmm. it to them that it might not be their preference or their taste in music mm-hmm. yeah most people do love bruno mars we'll say yeah. but in the beginning of the night but so i mean i guess it's kind of like warming up the guest a little bit more yeah. if you can imply those ideas without stepping overstepping things with your bride and groom's vision, mm-hmm. I think that's good. It's just kind of like to educate them. If you have a bride and groom that come in right away saying, we want to go for this club feel, mm-hmm. is maybe like during that first half hour just to get the older guests involved. So like right away when they hear some modern music, let's say, mm-hmm. they just don't want to get up and say, it's a nightclub now, let's right. get out of here. Yeah. 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 You know, so that's a, it's, it's like educating them the right way, but at the same time, not making them feel like you're trying to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And you're, yeah. you're really being inclusive to all the guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's so awesome because then just everyone has more fun. But if I have a bride that looks at me and she says, you know what, this is what we want, or I'll say, you know what, then we'll definitely do that. Yeah. And that's the thing is too, is it is their day. 
Right. And I think as you know, as as a professional, you have to realize that. And sometimes right. it's a little tough. I mean, you'll have brides and grooms that'll come up with some like, I love some of the newer techno music and stuff, mm-hmm. but sometimes some people hear that and automatically, you know, and. Mm-hmm. To play it the right way, it's got to have the right bass response with the music, with oh, yeah. the way they hear it and stuff. Yeah. That's what they're going for. Yeah. But then there's some people that just, right? they don't like it. So as soon as they hear it, they want to get up and go. So yeah. it's... Yeah. Grandma doesn't like Skrillex. Yeah. No. <laughs> Grandma doesn't like Skrillex. But. Yeah. I get a yeah. shirt that says that. It'll be good. It's good. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, some other things, too, is at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your first impression, but your last impression is very mm-hmm. big, too. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're winding down the night, you know asking the brides and grooms what they want at the end of the night and making some suggestions if they need them. Mm -hmm. But once again, even with weddings now, as you guys both know, there's a lot of standard even songs at the end of the night. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, you can hear Piano Man, Sweet Caroline, Don't Stop Believing, or I Had the Time of My Life (laughs) quite a bit. And if they like country, friends in low places, Mm -hmm. you know, Liquid Courage does make people want to sing along, which is, can be fun, but still even ask that. And if their natural response is one of those songs, that's great. Mm-hmm. But make sure you do ask it because right. they might have went to seven weddings. And at all seven weddings, the last song yeah. of the night was Don't Stop Believing." Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> you, you, you've given us so much info. It's awesome. Yeah. Like so many things to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many just amazing tips for our couples to take away and, and yeah. to bring, you know, if they're somewhere else, if they're if they're not going to hire you, you know, because they're in California. Then they I can... still want their day to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's for right. anyone that I like to recommend too. You know, I love people that um, they they want to they fi- they want to find out what their vision is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially like my photographers, I'll talk to and like they're like, oh, here's my here's another Pinterest list. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's people are reaching they're reaching out online and finding out what's out there and that's yeah. that's the same way for the music or same way with what you do mm-hmm. you know i love when a bride and groom actually writes out their own vows yeah. yeah you know and even like working with you when you ask the right questions to them and then you're implying stuff and sharing stories and that's i think the more you personalize any night when it's mm-hmm. all said and done people reflect on it more and say it was so great mm-hmm. that our wedding professionals asked us these questions to bring yeah. the best out of us that reflected on the night yeah yeah how can people find you? How can people like see what you're doing? Like, should as do you have a website, social media? Absolutely, you can find us out on a lot of different ways. Of course, our website is www.decorativesound.com. Cool. Um, you can also become a fan of ours on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We do have a decorative sound page. Cool. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So. So, uh, on, what's your uh, Instagram handle? So. Decorative sound DJs or anything like that? I think it's just decorative sound. Decorative sound. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And if people want to reach out to book you, what's good? Your website, phone, email? Yeah, they can. They can. I mean, most people, you know, contact us through email, but mm-hmm. they can contact us over the phone at 419-867-6733 for anyone that wants our number out there. And even anybody that's li- listening to this podcast today, you know, I, I like to be a friend in our industry. If anybody wants to just ever pick my brain or need suggestions... Mm-hmm. I always leave that open too when my brides and grooms, you know, are leaving. I'm saying, hey, if you don't have a florist, mm-hmm. you don't have a hall solidified, you mm-hmm. need a wedding officiant, you need a photographer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's good to have your team. Yeah. Because yes. your team represents you too. And that's that's a big thing too, is that, you know, as a wedding professional, there's gonna be people that disc jockeys and officiants and photographers wanna work with, and there's gonna be a few you don't want to work with, but yeah. no matter what, always keeping it professional and uh trying to always work with those people most importantly for the bride and groom so when it's all said and done 
you know, and there's, there's people I'll admit, there's people at first, I didn't know what to think of them. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten to know them, I've built in relationships with people, maybe with the, their first impression wasn't the greatest, but you know what? It's figuring out what their science is yeah. and coming together. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a photographer that says they need to be out of there at a certain time, you know, we're going to mold with them as much as we can yeah. to not take away from the day. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. All right, sir, before we let you go, the last thing I have to ask you. So what is something in your life right now, it doesn't have to be wedding related, what is something that is bringing you joy? I have a daughter that's at Miami that's a freshman right now. Mm-hmm. She's on break, and uh, she actually goes back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So uh, just uh, my daughter doing well in college is been a huge joy that I have another daughter that's at St. Ursula and is doing extremely well there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughters are definitely, I don't know, that when it's all said and done, that'll probably be my greatest achievement mm-hmm. is seeing them be successful in life. Yeah. Oh, man. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. I love it. So good. Cool. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for having me Thank today. You. I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mike was a great guest and an even better resource. I know that you came away with a ton of great tips for finding and booking a great DJ from him. Thanks again for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you get every episode on your favorite listening device. And if you want to support the podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash youridocrew. That's patreon.com slash youridocrew. Stay tuned for next week's episode where Lindsay and I talk about what are the must-have, must-brings to your wedding ceremony. You would be amazed at the things people forget to bring to their own wedding. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at yourIDocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.